Welcome to the 2020 Grief Project podcast, hosted by me, Diane Brennan and Kristen Lajeunesse, two people engaging in dialogue around death and dying and the psychology of loss and grief. Join us in becoming more curious and less afraid of these sometimes scary topics. Welcome to the 2020 Grief Project podcast. You are here with Diane and Kristen. Hello. And today we are going to talk about death anxiety. And just kind of naming that may cause some people to feel a little anxiety. <laughs> I realize that when we when we put it out there so directly and say we're going to talk today about death and some aspect of death that we all experience while we're living can certainly make some people be like, what? I don't know if I want to hear this. Although I promise you that we are going to have just a really open dialogue and conversation about death anxiety, what it is, and become more aware of it together. So Kristen, when I said to you, um, hey, we're going to talk about death anxiety, like what was your first reaction? It did get me thinking about how I wondered, am I in the, the average range of, of people that periodically think about their own death or worry about their loved ones dying? Because I definitely have those moments, but I, um, I guess I feel lucky that also because I've known you for several years now, I, I didn't feel anxious coming into this conversation, but definitely curious as to learn more from you as an expert in this field, kind of what it looks like for other people and, and maybe gaining some more understanding of how to be sensitive to that too, for people that might be thinking about it a lot more frequently than I do. And also I think it doesn't get talked about because people fear death and talking about it sometimes means that we're confronting those fears, right? So mm -hmm. like if we think about it and we think about death anxiety and we just kind of name it, and define it, right? What we're talking about is, you know, just kind of as the, as the term, um, you know, implies it is kind of a fear of death or a fear of our own death for sure. But also sometimes it could be the fear of the death of people that we love. So, you know, can take on a little bit of uh, the components of both. But if you really look at and, and turn to some of the research of people who are well versed in this, they would say that everyone has some level of death anxiety, because what do we know for certain in this life? We know that everyone dies. Mm -hmm. And right? that we will die someday. Yeah. And that we, yes, exactly. So if we know that, then how could we not have some kind of fear of it or, you know, some level mm -hmm. of anxiety around our own death? And so it really is something that I would say it's not necessarily um, something that um, you would find as like a straight up diagnosis and you know, mental health professionals diagnose all the time, but you will find that when you talk with people about it, that it's a perfectly normal thing. And it, it, it really comes from a fear of kind of the unknown and a fear of like what happens after we die. And right, right there's no good answer to that. 
Right. And I think no matter where you stand spiritually, right, whether you believe mm-hmm. that you go on to another life or retire into heaven or however you may view it, I think it's still inevitable that we'll feel some anxiety because of that very reason you said of we don't know what, what happens. And also, unless you get a diagnosis of some kind, you may not know how you're going to, well, you won't know how you're going to die. So the fear of how will it happen? Will it be painful? And then what happens when I'm gone? All of those questions kind of are bundled into one experience or one end, if you will. So Mm -hmm. I, I can understand why it can be very easy to focus on that, especially if you've received uh, an illness of uh, a diagnosis where you have some impending death or you're, you're sitting with a loved one who's inevitably going to pass at some point. Yeah. What I would say is that we feel probably our own death anxiety when we are close to the death of someone else. So if we like to your point, if we're like sitting with someone um, who's dying, or if we hear the news of someone else's death, that can very naturally be a link to thoughts about our own death and what might happen. We can also right feel that there's that we have fear of getting, you know, sick in our own death. Like I imagine uh, this past year, in mm-hmm. terms of the pandemic and COVID-19 that many people experienced some level of death anxiety around that. Whether they knew someone who was sick or not, it was kind of all around us mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some ways, right? And I also think, right, that death anxiety presents itself the most when, you know, perhaps we've been exposed to a dangerous situation where we there's either the threat of physical harm or mm-hmm. we've experienced you know some type of physical harm right basically what i'm saying is any um event in your life that reminds you of that that um has a link to death and reminds you of your own death is mm-hmm. when we experience death anxiety yeah i can imagine too that people who have gone to war or or have been in situations where they've repeatedly been exposed to near near death experiences i'm sure that it that it could even turn into almost like a ptsd form of death anxiety i don't know if that's a thing or if i just made that up but um <laughs> but it seems like that could make sense for people that have either been in you know relationships where they've their life has been threatened multiple times or they've been uh, in battle of some sort, I, I can imagine that would linger like that, that anxiety of if I roll over the wrong way or whatever, right? Like it may result yeah. in my death. It's interesting. I mean, I would agree. I, I hear you and I agree with that in that um, maybe the, the more that you're in these situations, the more like the anxiety can kind of increase, right? And I think there's probably some equal truth, like on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? If we think about it on a spectrum of like this higher end of like, you've been exposed to it in different ways and you're, you're becoming more anxious about your death, right? Is on one end. The other end of that spectrum could be that the more we're exposed to it, the greater acceptance we have of death. Mm-hmm. and maybe less fear of it. And mm-hmm. I think that there's probably, you know, this continuum that 
um, people kind of go up and down, you know, along the continuum Mm -hmm. uh, with that, right? Like of acceptance on one side and anxiety, like high anxiety on the other side. When you look at all the research and you Need, you know, perhaps, you know, some of the books that are out there, like The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker, which was in the written in the 1970s, which I think is, you know, kind of one of the one of the books that you know, people look at versus um, Staring at the Sun, which was a, a book about, you know, overcoming the terror of death by Irvin uh, Yalom. You know, these books, what they talk about is that once we accept or have a greater acceptance of our death, the there's a kind of a direct correlation to our level of anxiety around it. So the way that I take that is that the more we talk about it and have conversations about death and dying and make it, you know, part of a comfortable, natural dialogue, then I, I do think it could have positive impact on how people view death and the level of anxiety they might have on it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And, you know, in preparation for our chat today, I, because, well, I'll be transparent. I hadn't thought so much about death anxiety being a thing until seeing our topic for today. And I thought, hmm, maybe <laughs> I'll do some Googling around. And I found a, a group called, well, it's, it's called the Death Positivity Movement, mm-hmm. um, which is all about encouraging acceptance of death and bringing awareness to mortality and looking at it in, if you can, through a lens of positivity versus uh, fear. And there's a, another, um, there's an event by the death positivity group called death salon. I'm just going to read this description of it says an event that is part of the death positivity movement where people come together to explore the mortality through knowledge and art. These conferences are held throughout the world for the purpose of opening up dialogue about death and dying. And I just thought that was really interesting because I didn't even know that was a thing, but it makes sense, right? There are people that I'm sure just think about this a lot more frequently than, than I do. I mean, on a personal note, I do, since I live alone and in a, in a city where I don't have close friends and I don't know my neighbors that well, I do periodically you know, I'll be eating lunch and think like, what if I just start choking? And then I'll start Googling how to self, yeah. like, you know, so, um, so I do have moments like that. And then I think, you know, I should put, I should get my will together. You know, I am almost 40. Yeah. I should get a will in place. And then I, and then I put it aside because it's a lot scarier to think about, can continue to think about those things than to sit down and like write a will or do other responsible things that I should do. But anywho, bringing it back to the death, death positivity movement and death salon. I just thought that was really fascinating because I didn't know there were such resources like that out there. Yeah. And I think that right to your point, like where once we're open, you know, to the idea of it, then we see, you know, the resources in a different way. And we see that there are people out there who want to talk about it, right? And the way we can overcome it is to, not make it a scary thing. Well, how do you not make it a scary thing? You talk about it, right? And you talk about your thoughts and feelings. And to your point, like I, even being in this field, um, resisted uh, for Mm. a little bit, the idea of doing my own will and having everything kind of in order. And when I committed to doing it and I did it, I 
remember just a feeling of relief and knowing that like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. And I really do like to encourage people to confront that part of kind of death and dying, like the legal part of it, when you're healthy, when you when you can have a clear mind and when you can really think about things that you want so that, you know, when the inevitable comes, you don't have to worry about it and you, and you don't have to kind of force yourself into that space where it, it really is so freeing once you have it done. Cause then it's like, okay, well, people will know what I need and what mm-hmm. I want when I might not be able to tell them. And I know that that's true, but there's a part of me, and this is maybe like a weird, I don't know what, how mm-hmm. to categorize this, but that, oh, once I've completed my will or other legal things about, you know, should I die, then I guess, then, then it'll happen. <laughs> like I will uh, have, I will yeah. have willed it into the universe <laughs> to be like, oh, she's got her stuff in order. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's like our magical thinking, like right? Like, it. yeah. Yeah. Like if we, if I say it out loud, right, it'll happen. Well, I can assure you I've had mine done for, um, the last time I kind of re-upped on it was probably five years ago and I'm still here. <laughs> If that makes you feel any better. And I can tell you that I, my, my mom, my, well, my mom is 81 this year. And I first uh, went with her to do hers after my dad died, which is 28 years ago. And mm-hmm. she's still here. Oh, good. <laughs> <So>. okay, <yeah. laughs> and, yeah. you know, and here's the thing that I, I think is also important is that my mom and I did hers 28 years ago, but we talk about it every couple of years in terms of, has anything changed? Mm-hmm. Do you want to think about that differently? Is there something new that's come up? So it becomes an ongoing dialogue that you have. Mm-hmm. And I do think that part of, of making it not just a one-time conversation, but an ongoing dialogue is mm. incredibly important too. And to your point, it does bring up the, like, look, it's a phobia, right? So mm-hmm. a phobia just by definition is, you know, something that we fear. And so our mind's going to go in all different sorts of directions uh, mm-hmm. with it, right? But what we can stay grounded in is that the more we have dialogue on it, the more we hear other people's perspectives, get more information about it, hear other viewpoints, mm-hmm. um, it helps us grow. And I, I know for me, I believe that the more I talk about it, the more I understand it, the more I hear different perspectives or read different perspectives, it becomes a less scary thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part where the dialogue is so incredibly important, but it is this piece that you were talking about in your research, which is like, how do we cultivate a, a level of kind of death acceptance so that people don't label it as morose or morbid or, you know, I've had people say like, oh, let's not talk about that. How do we move it, you know, into a more acceptable social conversation? Like, think about if you showed up at the next party that you went to and you were like, hey, everybody, like, what do you think about when, you know, how are you going to die? <laughs> yeah, life of the party, right? There. No pun intended. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you might not get invited back, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But I do think it's interesting, like, you know, when you read different things on it, lots of times, you know, there will be uh, advice or or recommendations of like, this is something you should contemplate and reflect on. And it kind of points to like something you need to do alone. And I want to challenge that and say, I don't think it's something you need to do alone. I actually think it's something that you need to talk to other people about Mm -hmm. so that you can learn and understand and feel supported and, and know that you're not the only person who has these fears. I think what you shared earlier about living alone and the fear of like choking on something, I am sure there are many other people that would either listen to this or out in the world who have had that same thought, Mm -hmm. right? But you don't know it unless you talk about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I find that with, with that specific experience, I have shared it with other friends who also live alone or don't have a, an immediate support system, like a physical one near where they are. And so we, you know, it kind of turns into a joking thing or sending resources, but even that I think is helpful. Like, even if it's not, not every conversation about the potential of dying, I think needs to be heavy or serious. You can, you know, even just bringing it up, like I might with my friends on, Hey, how you know, just checking in and make sure you haven't choked on your lunch or something, you know, (laughs) right. Like whatever I need to do to keep, you know, to keep the door open, if you will. And and to also make it easier to talk about it, I think is important. So, yeah, I think there are ways to, to, uh, I'm sure everyone may approach it differently in terms of accepting what it looks like or what it could look like, but, and maybe for some people, it's even starting with, you know, knowing if you have someone in your life that, that whose family member has died or they're struggling with a death of a loved one and, and being available to talk to them about it. Like there are, I think there are just probably different ways to start poking around, accepting and, and getting more comfortable talking about death and dying. Yeah. And I, and I do think there are some great resources out there. Like I, you know, I noticed recently that um, Headspace has a whole kind of series on death anxiety and, um, you know, meditations and different things available, which I thought, how cool. Like I, I was just, mm-hmm. you know, happy to see that. There's also this really great project that I follow. It's called End Well. They are part of the whole death positivity movement as well in that they have events and blog posts and, you know, webinars and a conference and things that you could, uh, that you could participate in that just, again, help kind of think with the end in mind, which I, I love. There's also another great website. It's website. It's called cake. It helps you think about like what you want for your own death. Like that's where they started but they've expanded and it's all about like thinking about your mortality and end of life planning. The website is uh, the organization is called cake, but the actual website URL is joincake.com. Is that an acronym for something? You know, I thought the same thing, but it's not. Um, Like when I first, (laughs) it's a great question (laughs) because when I first saw it, I thought the same thing. And, um, I, I don't know enough about like why they chose that as a name. I remember reading, you know, something about it at, at some time, uh, some time ago. 
Maybe it's like, oh, death, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. We'll have to look that up to see for sure. Oh, I do think of it that way. It makes me, it does make me remember it as a resource. So I think cake and well, Mm-hmm. And I, I thought Headspace, it was interesting just to see, you mm-hmm. know, that they had like a whole thing featured. I think are are great like online resources that you can go to to really explore a little bit more. There's also some great books out there as well. Like I am a I, I do really like the urban Yalom staring at the sun. Also, there's a, a young woman who is a mortician. And she wrote a series of books and she's big in the, in the um, death positivity movement, Caitlin Doherty. And she wrote a really good book. It, it's called um, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. And mm-hmm. it's all about like her experience in, in the funeral business, but also in working in the crematorium. And mm-hmm. um, it just lends some really good insight into the, the process of dying, meaning like what happens to your body after you die, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think helps to demystify fear. If mm-hmm. you know and understand, like, what's the process? What choices do I have? You know, which probably Kristen is a whole other podcast topic around the traditions around mm-hmm. what choices you have for your body after death are exponential these days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the traditional Oh yeah. I think my mom's planning to be like planted for, to be a tree. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's there's some great, you know, great stuff. Like you can, you know, you can go back into the earth. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, you could go into the ocean. Yeah. We should definitely do that as a topic. (laughs) Um, But I, I do encourage, I, I really, I think the Caitlin Doherty, Doherty stuff is like really kind of straightforward and, and helps you, you know, just get an understanding. And, and look, I think that there's, you can go, you know, certainly in, in more spiritual directions as well, but I think some of those are just good, um, kind of tangible, you know, resources for people to kind of start exploring, uh, mm-hmm. the idea of, of death and dying, um, to really shape your own views on it and, and cultivate this, kind of acceptance of death as, you know, a thing that we all do. And I don't know about you, but when I am going to do something, I study it, I research, I plan for it <laughs> before I do it. So you're like, God, I'm going <laughs> to die. I better prepare. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not have it all figured out? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I realize that's probably my, uh, my own, you know, kind of personality, but I will, I will say that because of the personal deaths that I've experienced in my life, my dad and my brother and my grandmother and others, it did get me curious about death and it opened me up to exploring it more. And Mm -hmm. because of that exploration, I do have greater acceptance of death as a part of life. I certainly don't want to die anytime soon, but I know that it is a part of life and that it is going to happen and I can accept that mm-hmm. and then be able to sit with it and talk about it as a result of that. So I, I just, you know, I encourage the dialogue and the conversation because just like we are having now, it's just a conversation mm-hmm. and hopefully people can take something 
you know, away from that, away from our dialogue and perhaps have start to have conversations with people in their own lives. That's my hope. And that's my wish. And the world needs people like you and, you know, the morticians who (laughs) want to talk about it and like death doulas and people who just are, you know, a kind of expert and or interested and open to talking about it because then you run into people like me who either don't think about it maybe in the ways I should, haven't done my will yet. And then other people uh, still who maybe overthink about it and it may disrupt their lives. So having someone like you or resources like the books you mentioned, I think are so valuable to help normalize the conversation around death. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, look, we, we never know if someone's struggling with it or if it's a tough topic and we need to be sensitive to that. So I don't encourage the like, hey, let's talk about death approach, but at the party, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I wouldn't, you know, recommend that. But I do think to just start to kind of slowly ease into it with people as a, you know, hey, do you ever think about this? Or how does this show up for you? Similar to what you were saying earlier. Uh, about living alone and and thinking about it. And certainly uh, we all have those thoughts. So why not find a way to have conversations with others to see what they're thinking and how we can all kind of support each other with the end in mind. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the, that's the idea. So Mm -hmm. I think we can kind of leave it there, right? Which is, you know, the, the goal was for us to kind of talk about it and without hesitation, we can just have a dialogue and feel comfortable doing that and talk about death in a way that we just want to have an open dialogue. So I just encourage everyone to give it a try and, and find some people in your life that you feel that you can trust, that you can have the conversation with and open up the dialogue and just see where it goes. Yeah. And if you want to start by observing other conversations about death and loss, you can head on over to the website, 2020griefproject.com, where Diane's uh, hosted a handful of interviews with people who have experienced loss from at least 20 years ago. And so that could be a a soft opening into (laughs) first listening, watching someone talk about it. And then perhaps that will make it uh, a little easier for you to have your own conversations about it. Yeah, absolutely. I I really, I think that's a great way for people to kind of ease into it. And even with some of the resources that we talked about, but just to, you know, start to like find your way down the path um, and see where it takes you. So thank you everyone for just joining in with us today. And, and hopefully this conversation that Kristen and I have had will spark something in you to, kind of help you begin to like ease your fears about death. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. 